yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by my good friend, Aram in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Hello. It's been a long time. Yeah, I know, man. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think I've had you on uh, since we did like some preseason stuff or uh i don't know man it's uh it's been it's been a minute dude so like it's, it, it's it, good to have you on it has it has i mean you know obviously been following the warriors uh you know i i have uh, a job that gets very busy in the in the fall and so uh, i've been keeping up with the warriors but uh, of course being uh quote-unquote aram in toronto uh this was a must game uh to watch and to be on oakland warriors with you so um <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, we just finished watching it. This was kind of a weird game. Uh, I always get excited for these. You know, back when the Warriors weren't so good, my friend, my friend, still has season tickets, right? And and back then, we would we he would always take me. That was like his uh, his gift to me every year. But uh, mm-hmm. now, uh, ever ever since the Warriors started making the playoffs, <laughs> and definitely since twenty fifteen. He's like, sorry, man, I uh, can't take you anymore. Because <laughs> uh, he sells sells his tickets for like, uh, oh yeah, so he can buy Christmas presents. Yeah, for others, uh, yes. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of a weird energy to this game, right? Um, I don't know how did how did you feel about it? I mean, we it, it felt like we needed this win. Yeah. So Warriors they won one twenty six one ten in Toronto, and uh, I mean. It was funny because I was like, well, I guess they, they ran into a team that has as many problems <laughs> as, <laughs> as they do. And uh, obviously, they were also missing a couple guys. They are missing uh, OG and Anubi and uh, Gary Trent. But hey, that pales in comparison to Steph and Wiggins. Um, but, you know, like this team, when Steph went down, you know, everybody was like, oh, we're done. We're toast. Uh, but I looked at it as I'm sure you did to some extent, like as an opportunity for the young guys to get some run, but then also just for the vets who haven't been like a hundred percent there and focused, like Steph is kind of like whatever metaphor it's like a, he, he, a security blanket, a fail safe, uh training wheels, whatever you want to call it. And I think obviously it's just one game and you don't, you don't want to overreact to one game, but like, you know, okay, cool. They remembered how to win without Steph. And it's different, of course, from the Sixers game, because at least in this one, you know, the argument of best player uh, on the court, (laughs) Uh, not that that always decides a game, but like that was going to heavily weigh in the Sixers game, no matter what, you know what I mean? And in this one, you know, it was more of an even playing field. And I, I just thought that the lack of, I guess not lack, but like the reduction of physicality from the Raptors was helpful after playing the Bucks and the Sixers. And uh, obviously that helped Poole. He made some shots. They didn't call him for carries. And uh, this team to me, just it's going to, with Steph out, it's going to ride or die with Poole and Clay every game because you know we talk about Kamenga, we talk about Wiseman, we talk about like all the young guys showing up, but obviously like they're not the ones who are consistently going to put this team in the position to to win. They're still complementary players potentially, and uh, uh, with Pool and Clay, like that's great. But 
you know, they've been the two most inconsistent <laughs> Warriors yeah. players, at yeah. least in their top six. So uh, this was this was good. They needed this one. And uh, I think hopefully, you know, it's like literally sometimes you need to remember how to how to win a game and how it feels. You know, I mean, you texted me that like uh, Kerr's really uh, chasing this win. Oh, he was definitely chasing this win. I mean, you that's evidenced by the Ty Jerome minutes, uh, uh, like definitely <laughs> yeah. playing him over Moody and whatnot. I mean, but you're right. I, I think, you know, um, play. Well, he was right to chase this. You know, they, they I think Steph said in one of his press conferences that we need to win a game on the road. Like it, it, we're, we're not talking about like, where's the season going? Like we just need to win some games. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, the, and they did come up with the Raptors have a lot of problems. Um, and, you know, the Philadelphia game felt like a classic Warriors, like pre pre Splash Brothers game. Totally. And, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Pl- plucky Warriors. Uh, oh, they have a lead, but the superior team ultimately wins out. Right. Yeah, uh, and yeah. this this one was also kind of like and they didn't have Draymond for the Philly game. So this one, right. this one. um had that uh, that urgency to it, um, and it was more more evenly matched. But you know, I I, I would say that I, I think it wasn't only Kerr chasing this win; it was also Draymond. I I, I thought he brought really Ooh, great yeah. energy. He was making it a real point to check Siakam whenever he had a chance. Whenever they had a mm-hmm. chance to switch it back, they were trying to get Draymond off of him. And when when they would have a chance to switch it back, he would get back on him pick him up at half court, you know, Siakam still got good numbers, but, uh, but it was a volume, volume numbers. So, um, yeah. I, you know, you love to see that. And he, he, he had some really nice finishes. He had a couple of threes. Um, you know, I mean, we're probably burying the lead a little bit and that, uh, uh, pool was fantastic. Uh, just like you said, the, the veterans and he's a veteran now, um, they mm-hmm. need to play better. They, you know, people have talked about that stretch without Steph, uh, late last season and they played better then. And so that's what they need to do now. Um, pool mm-hmm. with his, uh, he, he had, I don't know if you noticed, he had a little, uh, ghost of a mutton chops, uh, the beginnings of a mutton chops. <laughs> yeah, um, so maybe it. it's uh maybe it's some mut- mutton chop luck and, uh, <laughs> got a career high. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, I don't know how superstitious he is, but, uh, let's, let's keep the mutton chops going. Um, he was, he's yeah. fantastic. Best, best player on the floor by far yeah exactly so uh his line 35 minutes 14 for 23 5 for 11 from 3 10 of 11 from the line 43 points 6 assists 11 plus 11 on the plus minus uh yeah i mean it's it's funny right because pool was so he had some rough outings in a row you know what i mean and i i talked about that on this podcast because you know he needs to step up and he wasn't and he was letting he has a tendency to let calls bug him yeah. a lot. And the Warriors have been arguing calls a lot in the past week, but he'll trail on defense, you know, <laughs> he'll, yeah. he'll get distracted. He won't focus. And yeah, even I said that there are some calls he should have gotten against the Pacers calls. He should have gotten against the Sixers, but he just didn't. And in this one, you know, he, he got the calls. And I think that makes a world of difference to him because you know, the Warriors have had this problem of not getting to the line and going back to last season, he was the main guy, in my opinion, that could consistently get to the line on a regular basis. I mean, Steph should, we all know that, but he just doesn't get the calls. You know, I I think that he's going to have to obviously have a 
similar run that he had last March. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is about him. I mean, you know, I guess he's always been kind of streaky and he just had some very consistent stretches last March up until through the playoffs. And this is still who he is. You know what I mean? I would love for him to become more consistent because like that's what they desperately, desperately need. Because if both Clay and Poole are so up and down the rest of the season, that's going to be, you know, an uncomfortable uncertainty going throughout. And right now, honestly, like Poole kind of reminds me of like uh, mid-aughts volume shooters you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and because he's been putting up some bad percentages lately and uh that's what's frustrating because in a couple of these recent games he was jacking up like just off balance threes which he can make but after he'd missed a bunch like i i was like dude don't don't shoot those no more you know what i mean and it felt like he was more purposeful and i always use this word lately when i talk about like someone like james wiseman but but he was a lot more intentional about what he was doing, a lot more like methodical and thinking, right? And I think the same was true for Clay because he had a couple of bad games. He had a bad game shooting against Philly, right? Everybody's arguing that if he had a decent game, that maybe they could pull that one off. You never know. But um, yeah, I was I was impressed because Clay was rebounding. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. he had four four assists, seven boards. He was doing like uh like he he was tipping it to himself, you know, just so he could yeah. get just a bit higher, you know. Um, yeah. I, I noticed that too. I mean, I I think one of the things that Kerr noted about Poole is that you know, or and and this is often a case is he's just going a little bit too fast, right? And mm-hmm. um and and some of that is a, is because of a lack of in, intention, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think to be honest, Clay in his rush to try to like break out of his slumps. Uh, he does that too. So, Absolutely. you know, you saw it in this game and, you know, and, and I think since he's come back from the injuries, he's, he's done, done the kind of sideways Kobe fades and, and those just like, don't work. I mean, he, he hit one that I was today that I was like, no, okay. Um, but, but I, was I also was like, no, <laughs> but he yeah. in front of the Warriors bench, right? Yeah. So, you know, he, he, he's still doing that, but, you just really notice when he's in in control, gets those feet set. You're just like, okay, now that that has a great chance of going in. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. so they're they. It's tough because they know they know more than we do that they need to get on track and they need to keep this ship afloat. Um, mm-hmm. But but sometimes like doing doing a little bit less will be doing more. I mean, it's kind of funny, but in terms of the calls too, I mean. I, I thought it was, you know, relatively well called for both teams. Um, but but and this is also linked to the weird energies like that court looks weird, man. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've seen it in the in, in the Raptors games that I watch here. Um, but the it's like the border of the of the court matches the color of the wood like too much. And I think it really throws off both sides because I and I'm bringing this up because the refs called so many times where somebody stepped out of bounds um mm-hmm. and he, there was even a point where uh one of the raptors players he 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 did a double take when he looked down at the ground like inbounding the ball you know and and, and so i i don't know i feel like that i just needed to bring that up cuz who designed that and you can't you can't do that right you can't have like this this gradient you know like you need to know where 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 out of bounds is yeah, I think whoever designed that has never played basketball 
because uh, I noticed that in the first quarter, Jordan Poole, I think he did like a, a drop step or a pivot or something where he spun into it and he stepped out of bounds. Yeah. And he looked down and he was obviously out of bounds. But yeah, it was confusing because like there's a the baseline uh, and it was like this standard black line. And then there was the color of the court again yeah. with some writing in it. And it's like, yeah, yeah I, I get the, <laughs> I understand design. That's cool and all. But yeah, that's uh, that's the league should look at that and be like, Oh hell no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was right after that, that pool, uh, that the pool play that you're talking about. I was like, we got to talk about this court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me, let me ask you about uh, somebody that we've talked about offline and texted about who I've talked a lot about on the show. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo is basically playing for, you know, another contract or whatever. I think he's on a one or a two. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he's on a um, one. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, he's been playing well. And I think he is one of the perfect guys to slide in off the bench. You know, who's going to to start? Like, what better? Like, it's not like I keep bringing up Brad Wanamaker because he's the first person I think of. <laughs> like, it's not like you're sliding in Brad Wanamaker to to take over Steph's spot or or um, another or another uh, redheaded Italian, um, Nico Mannion. Nico Mannion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, like I bring him up because until recently, you really like loathed <laughs> you would text me it's like i hate dante DiVincenzo, and i was like why he's he's good like he's he has such a good pedigree and as long as he's healthy you can play both guard spots and my whole thing you know as we talked about over the summer was that like he may not be the uh, crazy athletic dude that gary payton was he may not have like the wingspan but he sure as heck knows how to play defense and is willing to play yeah. uh, annoying point of attack defense and is a surprisingly good rebounder. He gets in there it's and he actually rebounder. can he, he can jump pretty pretty well. He may not be yeah. as explosive. Not many people are as uh, Gary Payton the second at that height. But um, I, I I love the DiVincenzo pickup. And as I always talk about the bench spots seven, eight, and nine as critical. And yes, you can go deeper than that in the playoffs. But like as those guys that we lost were like Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter Jr. and uh, Bielitsa, Everybody you know mentions them. Then, yeah, I'm pretty secure with Dante DiVincenzo as long as he's he's healthy. And yes, the point yeah. of attack thing will is not fully solved, but you have options. Kaminga is uh, doing some of that. DiVincenzo, I mean, we'll see how that works against someone like John Morant on Christmas. Yeah. But yeah. Um, how do you feel about Dante DiVincenzo? Why did you dislike him so much? And uh, how do you feel now? In my defense, uh, I think I was watching those games when early when he came back from the hamstring injury, right? And so he was still wor working his way back into form. Uh, he wasn't himself either. So, and neither was I. So, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think... I think one of the things, like, I, I know he's not a shooter, uh, but, it, but you know, I would see the shot, and it's like, that's not going in. That's not going in. That's not going in. And, you know, despite him, you know, hitting whatever five threes against Philly, he got some... Uh, some home cooking, some Philly home cooking. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm still not confident in the shot, but yeah, the the rest of the game, I understand his game now. You know, um, yeah. I, I see all the things that the little things that he does, um, the things he'll do on switches, or you know, he's aware of where he needs to be. He'll he'll set a pick for somebody uh, to to free up a, a shooter, right? So so you know, 
in a way he's he's not so much uh he's not so much Gary Payton he's a little bit more like a like Andre right mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. you know not not as big not as uh not as savvy on defense but but does those kind of little winning things so i i'm i'm back on board i i and you know i i i retracted my statement <laughs> to offline so um but but yeah. it 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 raises another good point in terms of you know i think we're all uh as warriors fans pining for uh you know those those you know bench veterans from last year and um i i i wanted to kind of put this out there for you you know because a lot of people you know it's like okay the 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 analog for Gary Payton is, uh, or the the person who replaced him was Dante DiVincenzo. So Otto Porter Jr., the person who replaced him is Jamichael Green. So in light of the holidays, and I'm going to give you like a it's a wonderful life kind of uh, question, um, you know, would the Warriors be better off without Jamichael Green? I'm not saying like if he was never born. I'm just saying if he was on another <laughs> team. <laughs> you know, let's not let's not take it that far. I you know I'm you know he's, he seems like a good dude, but. But uh, like, what what is he given uh, this team, and what is he taking away in terms of other people's opportunities? I mean, of course, right now, like, I would love to see Wiseman get those minutes. I, I think eventually he will. As we talked about, Kerr was chasing this one, and so we didn't see much Kaminga. We didn't see much Wiseman until garbage time and whatnot. And I've talked recently that actually after the Celtics game, so Michael Green was the only guy of the main you know, rotation that I had big questions about because there had been nothing he'd done this season to show me like, okay, this guy can like pop off the screen. He's, you know, he is who he is. He can be solid in some, on some teams, but he just wasn't giving like, you know, that thing. I was like, oh man, I can't really see this guy coming through big or in the clutch in the postseason. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Otto Porter Jr., and I mentioned this recently, like he hasn't played many games and yeah. you know that obviously because uh, you live in Toronto, but like just in general, I would prefer, I don't know who else I would replace him with that was available, but I would prefer eventually Wiseman to take that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I would, you know, I think Wiseman get those minutes. I, I totally understand why Kerr didn't play him in this one, but I think in a game like this a month from now, you know, all things being equal, uh, that, Wiseman earns those minutes back. Uh, that that's what I would would hope for. Obviously, like in this one, uh, Green was five for seven, hit two for three from three, and had fifteen points and seven boards. Right, so like that's okay, that's yeah. a, uh, an impressive game from him. <laughs> and he had another uh, decent game uh, uh, in the past week. But but he still, did, yeah. okay, if he can do that, great. I would love for him to like be behind Wiseman. And if Wiseman screws up, you can bring Green and he'll he'll. Uh, He'll do that. But Jamichael Green also just feels like a guy who, like, if he sits for a while, he he's totally not mentally out of it, but he's just rusty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I guess that's true from for most players. But as a vet, like, he's not like, okay, I'm ready to go. It's like, oh, uh, where am I supposed to be? <laughs> who am I passing to? <laughs> I think what's been frustrating about him, and and actually I didn't realize his numbers were that good today, um, but I I feel like he hasn't picked up the system as well yeah. as you you would expect a veteran to do both both on offense and and defense. I would say his offense is better than his defense, but his defense he, he just gets lost or he gets he's out of place for for rebounds. So it's really yeah. frustrating, you know, despite the good numbers tonight. And so, you know, I'm I'm sure the 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 hope at the beginning of the season was that 
oh yeah, that he would be the emergency big and it would be Wiseman mm-hmm. coming off the bench or whatever. And we haven't gotten there yet. And so, you know, and I had my doubts about, you know, somebody like Bielitsa and, and he ended up locking up Tatum in the finals. So, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. that's the, that's the, that's the ceiling. That's the goal to reach for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. I'd love to have Bielitsa, but I love everyone who talks about Bielitsa as if like he was so important to them last season. I just remember everybody, including like us to some extent, oh, like, yeah. like, oh man, he's terrible. And remember he wasn't playing like half the season because Kerr was like, well, oh, you know, uh, or people were saying, oh, sure, he yeah. can't play Kerr's offense, you know, and, and he can't play defense and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, when, when I look at Jermichael Green, he hasn't shown me anything where it's like, oh, this guy's, this guy's got it. And, you know, I look at DiVincenzo and that's another thing. Not only is he healthy, but he's picking up the offense, the defense, uh, the systems, and getting chemistry with his teammates. And I don't necessarily see that with Michael Green. I don't even think he's that good of a passer, too. And that's something that when you look at Otto Porter Jr., even though uh, they play different positions, they're similar sizes. And I think Otto Porter Jr. obviously is a – he plays smaller, better than Michael Green, who is basically a power forward center rather than a a power forward, small forward. So – Uh, That passing is something that they miss when he gets inserted. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like, will James Wiseman actually be on this Warriors team by the end of the season? I hope so. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The app is super easy to use. Just pop it open, do what you got to do, and you're good to go. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let me ask you about, okay, because we were texting about this, man, and it's like the lineup of, okay, we were seeing uh, Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb in the first quarter, end of first quarter and end of third quarter. And I got I got to say, man, like I, I I wrote down, like, I think I texted you, I hate this lineup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, I, I just want Kaminga and Moody and I understand, again, not he's not going to roll Wiseman out there yet, but like, I want those guys to get minutes, but I will admit that every time I was like, Oh, come on. They actually hit shots. (laughs) They actually made the plays in this one to, to deserve it. And I mean, Lamb was two for two from three, two for two overall, Ty Jerome, two for three from three, uh, nine points. Uh, Lamb was six points. They were both plus plus minuses. Um, So, I don't know. I, I I do want those guys to get passed up, but you know that that was the sign that they were chasing this one, man. Because that lineup with those two dudes and Jamichael Green, oh man, <laughs> that's the one that coughed up the the lead. I think in yeah, yeah. in Philly. What's your vibe on on that? Because I, I was like closing my eyes, but then I was like, oh, they actually held the lead in this one. And to me, that's the difference between uh, a team like the Raptors and the Sixers, right? Because like yeah. uh, the in this one. The Warriors got off to a great start. Like what you don't expect is Draymond Green hitting 
his first four shots, hitting three threes. And then the other one was Dante DiVincenzo hitting five threes. But the thing was that the Sixers are good enough and they have good enough players to come back from that. And in this one, the Raptors just are not, you know what I mean? So anyway, what's, what's your take on Lamb and, and uh, Ty Drum? Because Ty Drum, you were high on him in the preseason when he when he got in the Yeah, as a, as a 15th man. I mean, I, that was like, <laughs> oh, he, it wasn't expecting minutes. I, I was like, oh, he's a emergency guy, not not a rotation guy. Um, yeah. I you know they they so fit the the Kerr type right like the kind of uh, fringe fringe guys who you know I like guess the guys were, that he sees himself in right like yeah those, like, yeah the, the, his line about that yeah the the always ready and but it's like actually they get consistent minutes so they're they're not the always ready people um I it's it's confounding I think for this one um I just don't understand however few minutes coming up played he played five minutes right and like this is mm-hmm. a this is a good matchup for him i think he took a yeah. like he, he he took a he took a like a, a kind of a stinker of a shot but it was late in the shot clock and it was just like okay well that's not enough reason to take him out i mean i don't get that one especially to the point where you know he had a nice run of minutes um where you know even steph said oh he's he's somebody you can trust right and like yeah. so why is he only playing five minutes this is not a game where you know unless he was banged up or something like that i you know he didn't have great numbers in philly but i thought he competed really well so it's like Mm -hmm. like what did he do you know um did he wake did he show up to you know the walkthrough later i i don't know i don't i i'm curious to see what happens because he he needs to get that guy needs to get minutes and you know we can talk about like oh blah 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 progress is not linear it's like but you need to try Right. Mm-hmm. And you need to give mm-hmm. some consistency. So it it bugs me. It bugs me. Yeah. You know, Kerr has all the rings and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but it's I it's frustrating for fans because we want to see we want to see him. Yeah. And, you know, he played five minutes, one for four. I remember two mid rangers that were not good that, uh, you know, I've talked about how recently, like when he gets his first touch on offense, I, I said, watch for that because he always moves it now, like instinctually. And I feel like maybe not first touch in offense, but early on, he would get some shots. And maybe that's it. Maybe he has a short leash. Maybe Kerr was like, okay, no. And I'm not making excuses. Trust me. Like, I obviously wanted to see Kaminga out there. And I think he plays just as good as uh, Anthony Lamb in this one and, and Ty Jerome or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that definitely bugs me. Like I was pleasantly surprised by Lamb and, and Jerome, but I wasn't like, yeah. You know? <laughs> I was more like, okay. Um, yeah, I'll but, take it, but I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with Kamingo, like obviously, you know, we talk about this all the time. The thing I always circle is I want to see his minutes against Scotty Barnes, but those never <laughs> came to fruition. He, you know, he guarded Pascal Siakam in a, in a bunch of minutes, and that was fine. But like, I was like, oh, man. Like that, that's what I live for. The, the yeah. 2021 draft matchup between the guy that we really wanted and the guy that we wanted, <laughs> you know, and also Scotty Barnes is scuffling a little bit this year too. And, you know, there's weird vibes on, on the rap. Yeah, what's his deal? I've, I've, I've read that recently. I've heard that. I don't think anybody can really put their finger on it. Um, but overall it's just kind of like they, they don't have shooting. Um, yeah, they they have a whole bunch of dudes like the same size and and that's cool. But uh, you know, 
maybe they're that <laughs> that as a as a strategy has kind of uh, worn out, and people know yeah, how to attack yeah. them. And they were missing a lot of rotation people, but you you saw once like Malachi Flynn was in there and hitting some shots. It's like oh, like that that would make a big difference for that team. So yeah, but. let me ask you. I think this is something that I will always ask every Toronto Raptors Warriors matchup uh, every time you're on here is. <laughs> to see if it ever changes right now Kamenga Barnes who would you take for the Warriors yeah uh god <laughs> I you know obviously after last year you'd be like Barnes 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 um he's I, I probably would still take him I think the uh basketball feel is is there even though Kamenga's is not bad I think there's kind of more upside but the gap has has shrunk, I think. More upside to Barnes? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Like in terms yeah. of an all-round uh, all game, like if you were going to say like, hey, we need somebody to replace Draymond, you know, like that would be a dude to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I think that gap has narrowed for sure. Yeah. Like just seeing some of the things that Kaminga's done and not even the, the high-scoring games or – or anything like that. It's just like that he's picking up the little things. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's been really impressive. And and that's why we want Kerr to play him, <laughs> right? That's why we want to yeah. see him reach that potential. Like, I, again, I don't get it. So, yeah. I, I, Mooney, and Wiseman, I get it. But come on, man. With with Kaminga, one thing, you know, I didn't do an episode after the Sixers game because I was a little under the weather. But with Kaminga... The one thing you love to see is like there was a there were minutes with him and Wiseman. I was like, oh my gosh, these again, you know, like we've always talked about those minutes <laughs> since uh, since draft day 2021. And I remember you said something like, it's going to be lob city and ugly, <laughs> like turnover city. But um, there was a pass where I think Wiseman got the rebound and tried to hit Kaminga on the outlet and just threw it way ahead of him. And uh, Wiseman kind of put his head down, but then you know Kaminga showed some leadership. He he tried to give him a thumbs up and tried to like you know he slapped him on the back and was trying to tell him no nah, no nah, keep doing that or whatever. I can't read lips, but you know you assume it's encouragement. And I personally love seeing that because he started talking a lot last season when he got some minutes right and in, in the in summer league and you know calling out stuff. And I think just showing that shows one he's obviously cocky, but I mean, that, that doesn't show his cockiness, but we know that he's cocky and confident, but this shows his, that he cares and that he's competitive mm. and not that I needed to see that, but like all this chatter from whatever Stephen A. Smith or whomever else over the summer that he doesn't work hard and all the, all this jazz, like that. I've never questioned that, but like, that's just a good sign. And uh, I, I've talked recently about how Kaminga has graduated from like, Things just clicked with him, right? He's not thinking the game. He's reacting to the game. And that's what you need in something like this. And so uh, I also agree that right now Barnes would probably be like a better fit, fail safe. Like he he would definitely give you um, more consistent points, more uh, consistent passing, all that jazz. But uh, I think eventually it will get really close. I mean, look how far it's come since the beginning of the season, game one, uh, I guess game three was when 
Kuminga started riding the pine and whatnot and, and, and getting into it. So, you know, they, they have different games, obviously like the, the point forward stuff that Kuminga does, or he's eventually hopefully going to do. He's not super good at yet, but Barnes is that right. He's like yeah. Draymond in that respect as everyone yeah. says, but uh, yeah, I, I love Kuminga and yeah, it's frustrating not to see him out there because especially man, like against these young, long athletic teams where it's like we don't have anybody like that with Wiggins out and with Wiseman not ready and it's like Kaminga's our guy <laughs> so you know put him out there and uh and and see what uh what he can do but you know yeah. Kerr played it safe he he wanted this win and I have a feeling that like because in the Sixers game like they they blew that lead in the uh first quarter and then if they'd blown it again I think we would have seen more Kaminga you know yeah. like He's like, okay, these guys are uh, Lamb and, and uh, Ty Drum are, are making mistakes. Uh, I don't know what it is about Ty Drum, man. I text you about this. It's, it's like whenever he's in street clothes, he looks like he's dressed like a kindergartner. I <laughs> yeah, mean, like, he's got the pajamas about, on. Yeah. And maybe it's like the messy hair. It's just like, and the funny, like, really kind of awkward jump shot, you know? It looks oh, like. Oh, this, his setup on his shot, I was watching him shoot the free throws. There's like this weird like twitch in it. It's super weird. <laughs> um, yeah, it was annoying me. Look, look, I mean, you know, he he sometimes he plays well and some, you know, like tonight he contributes to to, you know, winning basketball and and all those kinds of things. But, you know, it doesn't you don't always have to like it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's like a, uh, again, I'm I, I will go back to the preseason prediction. I did call it. Uh, but as a 15th man, not the ninth man. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty annoying. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. You can find Aram on Twitter at Aram Collier, A-R-A-M-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. <laughs>